Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform that makes training fun. This is the Liège-Baston-Liège preview. Men and women's coming up this weekend. The men's race, though, 257 kilometers. This is much harder than flesh will run. Obviously, it's one of the hilliest races of the year generally, except Worlds. Every year, they keep making them punchers courses. So not every year, but it's a hard one. Generally kicks off on Cote de la Redoute, which is when you look at this profile, if we said, oh, this is a Grand Tour stage, we'd be like, oh, there might be attacks earlier, like stage seven in the Tour de France last year. But generally speaking, in this race, nothing kicks off before Redoute, which is 2Ks, 8.6%, and Ineos pace there last year. And then some years, Nothing happens before the Cote de Rochefoucauld, which is 1,300 metres, 10.5%, just 13 k's from the finish. It then has a short descent and another 1,200 metres, 6% kicker before that descent to the finish and a flat sort of last 1,500 metres where there's often been a sprint. Last year, won by Pagacha when he was the last man in a five-man group with Guru Woods, Valverde, Alaphilippe. The year before was the Alaphilippe deviation that allowed Roglic to win. He or she or Pog were going to win, I think, 75% he or she. The year before that was full sang year pre-COVID, and as we know, that's barely relevant for current cycling. But <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Benji? We're going to talk about this route, what teams could do. Realistically, does anything happen before Redoute? Before La Redoute, I would say no. Perhaps there's like one rider that tries to anticipate La Redoute and tries to get away beforehand, gets over the top and wants a gap over the top. But I don't think any favorite will likely make a move or any outsider really before we get to La Redoute. La Redoute is an option, a kind of a, a place where riders can anticipate the upcoming climbs and can try and make moves to make sure they're Leader is in a seat behind, stuff like that. And then Rochefoucault is the final backlight there to say. But I do expect some riders like, we'll talk about him in a bit. Tim Wellens is one of those riders that might be attacking in between the climbs and not necessarily on the climbs. So it's not because there's climbs on the road that only attacks on the climbs will happen. And after a dude before Rochefoucault, there's not that harder section. You'll remember Carapaz attacked last year in between that section. I think Pagacha was closing down moves. Yep. Haig was there. There's this horny climb. Uh, it's like 1K, 6%, not that hard uh, between it. And otherwise, it's false flat downhill or actual proper downhill. I was... Let's talk about Ineos. I know they're not... Again, like in Roubaix, we said they don't have a five-star favorite, but the team is so strong. And they have been so active in the classics that the team as a whole is a favorite for this race. I'm reluctant to put too much stock in flesh, Benji, 
But Peacock hasn't looked good. And my theory coming up before Flesh was what they did at Amstel or Brabant, and it was be very, very aggressive, put Peacock in a seat, and attack with riders up the road. But after seeing Peacock f- dropping out of Flesh, the lead group, before the pace was even on, can they afford to use Martinez like that, Benji, and not actually have him save for himself on Rochelle Faucon? I don't think so, but they don't necessarily need to go with Martinez then. I think there's options in the likes of Carlos Rodriguez here. So they've got so many good riders. Let's talk about their team. Rodriguez is here. Danny Martinez, Pitcock, Kwiatkowski, Garain Thomas. Like Those are five decent climbers, I would dare to say, and that's a team that can make the race harder for competition. The issue that I see is when we look at the comparison of LBL, a combination of an attrition race, versus Amstel, which is also somewhat attritionist, but is also about the team dynamics in the last few kilometers, allowing that attack by Kwiatkowski and Kosnafa towards the end, where Pitcock was able to sit back. If I look at this parkour, I'm like, well, where are they going to do it? They either need to make the race very hard on Laredute and then create a situation where they have the upper hand in numbers and attack between Laredute and Rochefoucauld, because if they wait until Rochefoucauld, the numbers won't be useful anymore, you know? Yeah, and I guess they got Frailer. He was good in Paranese Stage 8 to try and do something. Quiato, I think, will be a domestique, of course. Rodriguez is a good call because he's an outstanding... This guy's a top descender. He's really smooth, good descender. That's the problem always with the Martinez solo is five seconds he gains, five (laughs) seconds he'll give straight back. His sprint, Benji, has actually... It looks like someone who can T3 Liege. Like, is his sprint worse than David Godou? I'm not convinced. Like, he beat, and I'm not saying David Godou is a bad sprint. It's actually underrated. But Martinez beat Alaphilippe in a Basque Country flattish sprint the other day. It's tricky. Obviously, Pidcock is the man they would want in a group of five, but he's just not looked uh, as good even as last year. So, their team, they lit it up on Redoute with. Gagan Hart last year, I would be surprised if they didn't do that with Thomas, with Frailer, with Kwiatkowski no. to send someone, but I just I just don't know who it will be. And I feel like they might be more conservative, writing a bit more for Martinez. UAE though, Benji, strong team. Uh, obviously, they have the reigning champ, Taddy Pagacha. According to PCS, there's no formula, which I like. I like literally don't believe that. Uh, maybe there's a reason for it. They have he or she who would have won or come second behind <laughs> his teammate Pog in 2020. Ulysses, Plon, Bennett, Vergard, Steker, Langen. Ayuso did flesh. He's also not on PCS. How do you think they will race? Is it just straightforward, keep it together, lead out Rochefort, Pog, hope he slaps? I think so, yes. They have the opportunity when early attacks from other teams go to respond with the likes of a Mark Soler, for example, with the likes of a Hirschi, because those are not necessarily their leaders, but they can do something here. Mainly, I think Mark Soler might be able to like do better than he probably is expected to do on a parkour like this, just because he can be that second or third rider in a team that can respond to moves in between Laradut and Rochefoucauld and therefore play a role in that factor. Now, what is important is... How good do we consider Tale Pogacar after Flesh Wallon? And in all honesty, I think Flesh Wallon is basically irrelevant for LBL when it comes to his result. I was not expecting a, a grandiose result at Flesh myself for Tale Pogacar. 
And I still am expecting a grandiose result of Tadej Pogacar at LBL. And I dare to say that he's certainly one of the top three favorites in this race, if not co-favorite with other riders here. And he's the betting. I favorite. think that I'm pretty sure he's a betting favorite. Okay, well. That explains. I thought Van Aert was also betting favorite on some other uh, website. So it's Van Aert, just a little bit behind. We're talking fractions. Okay. Ahead in some most books. Okay. I just think that Pogac will be likely waiting for Rochefoucauld, obviously, because he's that final man for them. And I think at that point, if it's all together, then he can definitely win this race. But it depends on how much of a gap they can get on the likes of Van Aert, for example, on Rochefoucauld and so forth. So it really plays into that. How do you think they're going to raise this one? I think, yeah, whilst the man they need to drop, uh, Pagacha could take his chances and beat anyone like Pidcock, Martinez, Woods, Alaphilippe. He's already literally beat Alaphilippe in a sprint last year, and he beat him in one uphill in Torreno this year. I think last year they let out with Formolo and Roche, and then Woods and Pagacha attacked. Woods has not looked as good this year. I think Woods' flesh result is relevant to his liege because at flesh he really should be flying up the murder we and he wasn't and he's looked a bit suspect in other races this year for whatever reason so ua i think is simple i would be i don't know i think you're right with Soler going into moves i don't know how they're going to use he or she because he or she mm-hmm. he or she just looks it, I, I cannot get my head around it. How a guy in 2020 at his age can do 245 on the murder we and then two years later is literally like 30 seconds slower on a, a two and a half minute climb. And maybe he didn't try full gas yesterday because he was, wasn't going to win, so he didn't care. That's possible, but still, yeah. He was but, but, yeah. not terrible at Amstel. So that's the one light I see at the end of the tunnel for this man where he was in that first group. Yes, he missed the move of Kwiatkowski, but that's like the only thing I see this year that is shining like, okay, perhaps he might be able to step up when it comes to LBL, but you're right about Mudehui. On paper, he should be able to do better there. And yeah, definitely, I dare to say he should have done better. Last year, he was actually good in Liège. He just had to ride, he had Pagatra in the group ahead, so that... Yeah, that limited his ambitions somewhat. Before we get into the man who is actually sliding down the odds fast, who is doing his first liaise bashed on the age, Yumbo Visma's wealth on art. I mentioned our show partner, Zwift. At the moment, Zwift wants to know your ultimate power-up on Zwift. You can vote on their round one choices in the comments on Instagram. It's like a NCAA bracket if you follow American sports. And... My personal one, no questions asked, is the aero boost. That's my favorite because I always get dropped on descents and I have to catch up. What's your one, Benji? It's fatter because uh, <laughs> obviously I'm not the lightest climber in the world and reducing my weight on a climb definitely gets me faster up that climb. So that's my pick. What was the one we said that we wanted to introduce? The Mario Kart blue shells or bananas? Yeah, bananas to be able bananas. to like have negative power-ups for the competition. <laughs> but we're very dark minds in Onswift, so we'd like to uh, play uh, the cards uh, evil. <laughs> I, I still want to see them. I still think it'd be interesting to see them trialed in uh, Zwift racing. It'd be absolute carnage. Anyway, if you want to vote, you can go to Zwift's Instagram at GoZwift and put it in the comments on that post 
Yumbo Visma Benji bringing no Roglic, who won in 2020, albeit in a, he wouldn't have won if Al Philippe hadn't Al Philippe'd everybody. They're bringing Wout. And I think the market's pretty correct in being like, this guy is either first or second favorite because you look at Imola, you look at these hard world champs courses he's done with harder climbs, the Imola climbs, and he's been like the top guy. Look at Worlds, Makuni. But, Benji, I've just mentioned those two things. Second, second, attacked, (laughs) either on Alaphilippe on the Imola last climb, which Pog will probably try and do this year on Liège, or he gets into the group after Makuni and the group attacks him mercilessly on the flat. How does he avoid coming second here? Well, I think it depends on his team and also on his climbing itself. Like, I find it harder for Wout to be able to be in a second group and come back in Liège than it was, for example, in Imola or, for example, in Mukudi Pass. Because when we look closer at the Liège parkour, the amount of flat kilometers after the Roche of is very limited. Yes, he's able to crawl that back a bit on the plateau section on top, I dare to say. But in the descent itself, he's unlikely to gain too much time on the rise that get away unless it's like Martinez or something. But the difference there is that those flat kilometers at the end, that's where a Wout can take time back. And it depends on the amount of time that he loses on the climb, if he loses time on the climb, how much that he has a chance of still winning. Because let's say Pogacar goes on Rochefoucauld. Wout Fanat on paper cannot follow a attacking Pogacar, I dare to say. It's roughly 2.5 kilometers of climbing in total together with Boncel on that climb. So that's that's a rather long one, I dare to say, for Wout Fanat. If it was one and a half kilometers, I dare to say it would be easier, one kilometer easier. But 2.5 kilometers at roughly 8% average is going to be a, a rough one to follow. There's a bit of a valley in between. So that's an option to slightly come back. It all depends on how much time he can limit himself to lose on that climb to make sure he has an option of crawling back on top and on the uh, flat section afterwards. And I think it also depends on who is with, for example. Let's say that a, uh, a Mohoric is with him in the group behind. He can use that to try and come back, but the problem is Mohoric might potentially drop him in the descent if he has his dropper seat post on. But how do you see Wout winning? Yeah, it's difficult to know whether does he respond on Rochefoucauld. They're going to attack him on the steepest sections. That's where Simon Yates attacked him in Roglic stage eight, uh, the Caldez stage. Does he then try and TT back, which is risky? What if the group cooperates ahead of him with him, the big danger in the sprint behind? Or does he just try and neutralize attacks and risk blowing up on Rochefoucauld? I think. I think we have forgotten how good, it's crazy, we've forgotten how good Wout is on steep climbs. And by steep, I don't mean 15%, but I mean like 2Ks, 8%, 1K, 10.5%. Like he was, he beat Alaphilippe up Great Orm into Britain last year. He's been toe-to-toe like the second man behind Alaphilippe, peak Alaphilippe at Worlds on steep climbs after hard races. And I guess... Yeah, I just don't think it's that easy to drop him. Makuni's different. Makuni's like a 20, 25-minute climb. So the positive for him, the reason I think he should try and stay in Group 1 as much as possible, even if it means a few accelerations, is as you said, Benji, there is no flat to attack him afterwards. 
So if he does get into group one, then the likelihood of, you know, eight different attacks yeah. like in Makuni is lessened. So it's probably going to go to a sprint. And I don't think he needs to pull because who's coming back? There's no MVDP behind. Like yeah. if Martinez or Pidcock comes back, fine. Like take your chances. I don't think if he goes clear, he needs to go to the front with Pagacha, Woods or whoever and just set monster pace. Yeah, and definitely because his teammates can also play a role here. Now, Jonas Vingo was not looking too amazing at flash, but let's hope he's in decent form for LBL and can play a role here for Woutfenad. But when it comes to Tijbinot, who's been looking pretty strong this entire season, that's why that dad could end up in the second group, for example. And if Woutfenad doesn't pace in group one, Benoit might be able to come back, might be able to actually give him a lead out, even though, well, Benoit's sprint is not great, but at least he can ride at the front to get a decent tempo going before the sprint starts, stuff like that. And I think Benoit can also play a role before the section or Jonas Vingegaard for example where if we do see moves by like a random Ineos rider going up the road what if Jonas just sits on his wheel stuff like that I think that's an option there as well so in this entire parkour I I would dare to say that Wout is definitely Yumbo's best option of winning this because Benoit I don't see winning LBL I see him potentially getting a top five if he ends up getting his own chances but I uh, I see a focus on Wout as the only chance for that team to win this race. Benoit actually came seventh last year. He was coming back in that Molomahirshi group, and I think that's correct, Benji. Wout's under no obligation to pull. He has Benoit behind. Maybe Benoit paces for him on Rochefoucauld, but yeah, waits up, gets a lead out. He should want a high-speed sprint. Remember... I'm pretty sure the order of the win of the ranking last year was inverse to how they entered the sprint. Valverde let it out, came last, or I think. Alaphilippe was second last, came second. Pagacha, fifth in the order, won the race. So I think the way Wout loses this race is going to the front, is pacing, is leading out the sprint, and we've seen Pagacha can push him close at the end of hard races if Wout leads it out. Even, you know, I think. Olympics is a good example of that, even though Wout did just edge him. But yeah, I think it will be interesting, and I'm really keen to see it, Benji. We have, for the first time in a while, not counting MVP 2020, like the proper pure punchers, light guys, really wanting to drop a proper sprinter in Liège. And I'm interested to see how that affects the racing, whether it will be more aggressive earlier because if it's an easier race they don't race it full gas and they get to Rochefoucauld I think they're going to have difficulty dropping him what about quick step speaking of the man who's it's eluded him Liège how do quick step play Alaphilippe who doesn't look that good and Remco yeah it's a difficult thing because in all honesty I thought Alaphilippe would have had a hard focus on LBL and would have been in proper form here unless he's like very hard sandbagging, pretending he's not good. He's not looking good. As simple as that. And I hoped after Brabant that it was the rainy weather that did it in that race because we've seen multiple times in his career that the rain affects his being on races. But then there's just a clear view in Mudui where, yes, his positioning wasn't great, but it was also because of most likely his legs that his positioning wasn't great. And even with that bad positioning in previous years, he could have podiumed that. And I, yeah, I don't have high hopes, but I also don't think he's terrible necessarily. But I do think they should consider Remco as somewhat of a co-leader 
unlike what they did at Flash, because I never mentioned this on the Flash pod, but in hindsight, why was Remco there? I think the only point Remco was doing much at, at Flash would be if a favorite would have attacked before Mudehui and responded to that. But any other outsider was responded to by Mauri van Sevenant, for example. So, And then he didn't play a role on the mood either because he went to the front without Alaphilippe in his wheel, so it wasn't necessarily bringing Alaphilippe forward. Perhaps that was the plan, but didn't really work out, did it? And then I look at LBL and I'm like, there's so many hills beforehand where Remco could make an early move and put pressure on competition, proper pressure in the same way that Carapaz did last year, preferably without the disqualification because of the uh, sitting on the top tube. But I do see options here and I, I would hope they use him in that way or do you consider it an option that they don't even go that way and they consider him an actual co-leader and keep him for the last climb knowing that they don't completely trust Alaphilippe? I think keeping Remco for the last climb is pointless because he's what's he gonna do? He's not gonna ride away from yep. Hog and Wout on that climb. He's not just gonna TT away in the last eight Ks and he can't win a sprint. So the way Remco wins races is going early against top competition. San Sebastian is the example, and I agree. I think uh I think well, it depends how Alphalipe is, depends how hard the race was, but I think they should use him early. Otherwise, you can't – it'd be risky to bet everything on Alphalipe and it puts a lot of pressure on the other teams if he goes early and they have to chase. Whether that's on reduce in that sort of up and down section is not a bad place. If it's even earlier, that's also uh, an option. But I don't – I don't know. I don't really see it. <laughs> I don't. Alaphilippe's sprint's not looked that good. Maybe, yeah, the Murdoe, if he is coming into form and timing his peak, he's timing it very exactly by three days, which maybe that's possible. But yeah, <laughs> I think, I even think like he's a help for Wout Van Aert because. If he gets dropped, they might bring it back. He'll close moves. He doesn't look so superior at the moment, Alphalip, that he can just drop everyone on Rochefoucauld. But those are the main guys. Pagacha, Ineos as a whole, Jumbo Visma with Wout van Aert and Julian Alphalip. Now for the outsiders, I'll run through them quickly. EF, Palace, Incredible at World Champs, Movistar with Valverde, Mass, Benji's written Aaron Brew in the notes. <laughs> I don't know about, about that. That's like the darkest of dark horses. Bora with Vlasov, Agita, Kosnirfar, Azurzer, Woods, Israel, top five last year. Kra Anderson attacked in flesh. Bargui's been incredible for Arkea. Vex have got Matthews hoping for a top 10. Molimer at Trek. Enemy, Johannesson at UNOX. Jay Vine will beat him head-to-head. He's here for Alperson and Wellens <laughs> for Lotto. But the big team yeah. is also Bahrain. Turns, winner of Flesh. Morich, who came fourth, I think, in the 2020, caught them after Rochefoucauld. Pools, Haig, Petrago, Landa. How do they play it, Benji? Honestly, I think they've got so many riders that are on a solid level that I'd argue they kind of need to split up the team in Riders that go early versus riders that go late. I think Dylan Turns is the rider you wait until the last climb with, in my opinion. And Mohoric is the kind of rider that needs to try and just hold on on Rochefoucauld and do what he did in 2021 and 2020 
2020, yeah. <laughs> in 2020, he was in the second group, used that final descent to crawl back to the group of Pogacar, uh, Roglic, and Alaphilippe. I was able to come back to that group through that descent. The next year, he tried again. I think he just didn't make it to the group last year, but I'm not 100% sure about it. But it's so obvious that this ascent is such a quality skill of Mohoric that his goal is to stay on. And that's what intrigues me the most about this team. What if Mohoric and Vanad are indirectly allies, where they both need to make sure they keep themselves as close as possible to the big climbers and the big punchers on this parkour? I rate Vanad perhaps a slight bit higher when it comes to the climbing. I don't rate Mohoric as high. When it comes to descending, Mohoric is the man that's better, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion. No, and... I think they're the same. I really? Think, I don't think Morris can drop well. MVDP stuffed up. I disagree. Hoggio, MVDP stuffed up Hoggio descent. He completely cooked it, lo- losing the wheel of Morich. I think if Wout wants to follow Morich on a descent, he can. Oof. He's I'm heavier. Sure he's more. Aer- no, he's not more aerodynamic, but he's heavier. I think he can for like a specific scenario yeah. of chasing back on after Roche. But that's probably a I'll take turns. But the thing is, Benji. Who's dropping Dylan Turns on Rochelle Faucon? So will Morich even be chasing with his man ahead? Well, I, it depends on who's in the group with Mohoric, you know. If Onad is in the group with Mohoric, then Mohoric won't be pacing, you know. So I think that's the factor there. But what is Turns going to do against Pogacar in the sprint after, after Rochelle Faucon, for example? Turns' flat sprint is not as good as Pogacar's flat sprint. His uphill sprint is relatively okay, but yeah, we know that Liège now ends in a flat sprint. So that's my problem with this team is that Moric is the only rider in this team together with Pools that I dare to say has a low-key sprint because Landa and Butrago, those are riders that can do early stuff. I don't see Landa winning a LBL. That's, that, I don't see that. That's out of the question for me. Haig, I don't see it either for winning, to be honest. And when it comes to Pools, he's done it before on the Côte d'Or finish. He's won LBL before. And I feel like he might just not be good enough to make that first group. And while Turns is up there, then you're right. Like the factor of Turns being able to follow the front group might play into the cards of the competition against Mohoric. And do you really want to have Turns in the front group when you can try and win with Mohoric? I think is- you do. Yeah, you sit yeah. on. He sits on. Yeah. And then let's Mohoric come back. Then you play numbers. Yeah. Uh, I think that's how they should play it. Even Pools, he, if he's on form, Pools high key now not low key high key good sprint um i think pools is faster than morich on the flat in a sprint yeah, and it's, yeah oh, it's it's 50 50 like this is uh we don't, probably don't have enough data on it. but yeah i think they play numbers and turns as you said benji like even on murder we there was no huge big acceleration it was like a, a heavy grinding down of valverde who we haven't really spoken about that much a man who's won this race many times who's won flesh many times who came second at flesh like if you pretend dylan turns didn't exist the storyline would have been 42 <laughs> year old valverde hard gaps al philippe vlasov and pagacha on murder we i just he he doesn't have that punch benji to go clear solo on rochelle Faucon. that's clear and i don't trust valverde's flat sprint anymore at all even even if he physiologically was where he used to be on the flat sprint he like he let it out into a headwind 350 meter sprint last year like he he fucks up the sprint and i just don't see him winning this race 
same and we know that if he ends up in a second chasing group then he's not going to pace with the chase anyway so it's that's also increasing the likelihood of him not winning this race i also don't trust the sprint at all when it comes to beating the likes of Pagachar, the likes of a Alaphilippe even head-to-head and also when we look at Vanard, definitely not but the question then is what if he goes to the line with didn't turns and then I'm like that offers an opportunity that's where he can strike and do True. something but that scenario is a bit rare like it's hard for me to believe that Valverde and turns will be the only riders at the finish line in group one you know well yeah because then you have Pagacha and Walfenart relaying behind. Valverde will finesse. It just seems very implausible. Remember that Valverde didn't really want to pull too much after Russia Foucault. It was Pagacha going to the front and pulling that really kept that group ahead. And then they obviously stalled in the last kilometer. That's why I think Walt's favorite, because there's Groups are stupid, and maybe there's an, a possibility where Valverde's in a group with Turns, with Pog, with Alaphilippe, and two of those guys sit on in the last kilometer, and Van Aert comes <laughs> back, and Pogaccio's like, are you serious? Now we can't, now none of us can win. Um, so that's certainly a possibility. But yeah, out of the outsiders, I mean, it's tough to call Val- Valor an outsider. He isn't a top, top favorite, though. I like Vlasov a lot. Vlasov top three. Yep. Really would not surprise me. He's really punchy. It is a longer race, but third at flesh. Cuyera and the Vuelta, he was incredibly strong. He, he's, he's a punchy guy. Yeah, like and he's really punchy. The descending's the problem. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that the descending on this climb alone will be able to drop him necessarily to make True. sure he's not Woods in the final sprint. Woods makes it every year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a perfect example. But when it comes to Vlasov, his flat sprint seems to be better as well this year. Because we noticed in, uh, I think, he, I swear he had like a race this year where he was celebrating and the guy next to him was celebrating as well and he came second on a millimeter. Um, but his low-key sprint, I, can, I think Barguil won that one, the one where they both celebrated. But, uh, GP and Duran, yeah, Barguil toasted yeah. him. Vendrame, no good. Yeah, and uh, I feel like his flat sprint is just better. I just wanted to add that because it will come down to a flat sprint. Then if he's there, then he could compete, but... I also find it hard to believe that Vlasov wins the flat sprint at the end, knowing which competition will likely be with him if he's there. Uh, no, Agita. I don't think I don't see anything for Agita. It should suit him. Like everything should suit him here. Um, but I think the length of the race, positioning in in this region, I think he will struggle. What about Paulus? Knowing that he's good at these longer hilly classics we haven't seen much this year you're right san sebastian podium the world champs or am i misremembering i I can't remember if he podiumed he he was like top three strongest he was fifth he was fifth but it felt like he was better than fifth um because he actually tried chasing alaphilippe's move and stuffed himself for the sprint but yeah you're right benji like flesh 19th he's only done stage races dns Oh, sorry, DNF, Paranese, Catalonia, probably sickness. I'm assuming UAE not as good as the year before. I don't know. Would I be surprised if he does well? No, but it's just, yeah, he's just one of those outsiders. Anyone yeah. else you like, Benji? What about Johannesson, enemy? I'm taking Vine head-to-head against him. I'm taking Johannesson head-to-head against Vine. I won't put money on it because I can't be fucked logging into my betting account for this. Mate, but- there's no odds for that. It's for, <laughs> you we're think doing... there's a market for enemy <laughs> against Vine? We could maybe make it. I'll contact a bookie. I reckon <laughs> I'd get good odds too. I'd uh, stack it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going Johannesson versus Vine. 
And my silly argument is that I don't have a clue. I just feel like Johansson is going to take out Vine, not physically, but in the results. He might do it. He's the enemy. But yeah, another <laughs> team they need to perform here, Israel Premier Tech. Woods has just hoarded points at this race for a number of years and Lombardia last year, second in the age 2018. In 2021, he came fourth, I think, or fifth rather, and they need him to top five. He has to. Fulsang looks absolutely shit, and they just signed him to a three-year deal. Fucking stupid, eh? (laughs) I mean, fuck. Like, it's their own fault if they get relegated because they spend all this money on full saying of room whereas like clark who i don't think is on a huge amount of money he'll probably top 15 this race simon clark's been unbelievable so they need to perform at this race israel premier tech for their survival um as a world tour team rather but yeah that's all the outsiders i'm gonna pick our winners now i'm going with wow as the uh, top guy i think uh i think he gets it done even the race that he wasn't targeting, that he decide, seems to have decided to do at the last minute because Roglic is out, which I think suits him really, really well. And uh, my outsider is Ruben Guerrero. Ooh, okay. That's intriguing. When it comes to uh, my pick, like, can I just point out that 90% of the time when we reach the pick section in our previews, you pick the exact pick that I've been waiting the entire episode to say, so I have to think about somebody else. <laughs> I always else. go first. <laughs> so uh, it won't be Wout Fanat in my eyes, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that Wout Fanat cannot win. He'll come second again, because that's how the law says it's supposed to be. So the winner is going to be, Jesus, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go for Tade Pogacar, because... He was overrated at MSR and he was overrated at Fledge when it comes to people thinking that he could drop everybody on the Poggio without her ease and on even the Cipresa, some people said. And then we look at Fledge and people said that he was going to win that relatively easily. But when it comes to LPL, I actually think that he actually has a chance of winning this properly because he should be a favorite on paper in my eyes because Wolfenard always gets second. So how can, how, how can you put him as favorite? He needs to be second favorite. Well, because he has Benoit to pace for him here and Roglic refused to pace for Wout in Ermilla, so therefore he would have won that race. So. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Where is Roglic? Why is Roglic not pacing for Wout van Aert here? <laughs> he came back from his injury. He's apparently relatively okay, but not doing it uh, for yeah prevention reasons, according to what I read. I think, uh, was it Willard Flitz or something this morning? And he's not going to LBL. I thought... Belgians are it. going to be up in arms, pitchforks in the air, because he won't be pacing for Wout van Aert. Ooh. He's completed it, mate. He's already won. Other dark horses, Rob Stannard on Alberson Phoenix, and I, I really like um, Seren Kraft too, if he goes early with a Remco move. Hopefully Remco goes early. This is not the best race in the world often. Um, hopefully we're praying Remco goes early with Rodriguez and we have ourselves a nice open battle for at least an hour of racing. But yeah, that's all from the Liège men's preview onto the women's preview now. The parkour for the women is kind of half of the course. It's from Baston to Liège, but the finale is the same. They have the Cote de la Redoute with about 30 kilometers to go, 2Ks, 9%. 
rolly terrain and then the Cote de la Rochelle for 1300 meters 10.1 percent with that ball sail climb afterwards which is where uh van der Brecher last year really put the dagger into Voss on that last climb after Rochelle Faucon when Voss was trying to come back with Ludwig there's then the plateau and descent to the flat finish 142 k's the start list it doesn't say Voss is here but we have SD works with uh Demi Follering who won this race last year after AVDB lit it up on the climbs for her she beat Van Vleuten and co in a sprint she's got Blanca Vass with her as well as uh, Anna Shackley, Neil Fisher, like Mullen, Majerus, strong team. There's DSM with Lippert looking really good with Mackay. FDJ do have Ludwig. It says on PCS that she's starting, but she didn't start flesh. They have Chapman, Cavalli, Brown, Muzic, Borgley as well. I think I think Cavalli should be favorite. There's never a market for this, but who's got a better sprint out of Vollering and Cavalli, Benji? Because that really plays into how SD Works should go on Rochelle Faucon. I think it's rather close, but I also want to just look at SD Works first and see how they ride it. Because you mentioned last year, you mentioned the fact that Von der Brechen was such a key rider in bringing Volering that victory because she was the one that controlled every attack on Boncel and after Boncel towards the line as well. And that is something that I'm not sure they have necessarily in this year's team. Yes, Moulin Pasio should be good enough to get over those climbs. She was not good enough to close down the move of Cavalli when it comes to Amstel, for example. Then we've got Majerus. I feel like this parkour might be too hard for her to be in the final of this race. Nefisha Black might be a key aspect that is in the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes of this race. But will she make the final cut? I'm like, ah, oh, I'm on the edge for that. Anna Shackley feels like the rider they sent forward, and Blanca Vaj has been acting as a domestique so far in this Ardennes, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's similarly in this race. So I just wanted to add there that the race of all the other favorites or all the other outsiders depends on which teams can control any attacks. And I feel when I look at all these teams, there's not that one team where I'm like, Jesus, they are so bloody strong that they can control everything. And that will allow opportunities of riders that go into early moves to perhaps make it further than expected. Or do we think that Movistar will play a huge role in the sense that Van Vleuten might be able to make this race very hard to prevent it to become a situation like Amstel and Fledge where she can't drop them on a 1k climb because these climbers at Liège are longer. I think they should want to keep it pretty tight and then have her go soul on Rochelle Faucon and try and attack there. She can't she's not gonna be a favorite or have great chances in a flat sprint against Cavalli and Follering. She can still win it, of course. She's got Sierra here who's been unbelievable. Yellen Erich Sarah Martin. I think it was good for her in San Sebastian where she won Alarud and Patino. I don't know. It's Trek, who I think, with Longaboard Guini, who came third last year. They don't have Ruth Winder anymore, who was good in the Ardennes. They got Taylor Wills, Lucinda Brand, Sheeran Van Anroy, who was like 12th, 13th in flesh, versatile rider, and Van Dyke. I think they're going to be aggressive early. And you remember Mulman, who they used SD Works on Redoute to soften up the field. They now have to hold her back. No, she goes higher up in the hierarchy, but that means, yeah, as you said, Benji, who 
who goes and makes Redoute hard for SD Works? Is it Anna Shackley? Is it Neve Fisher Black? Can they do that? Canyon Shrab. The team is so much stronger than last year, but they just, it's nearly a domer who's not been as strong. Royaka's Paladin Shabby have been doing what we expected of them, really good heel classics riders, but Nuvia Doma, I don't know. I think Benji, Kenya Strand, it'll be kind of like flesh. They'll try and get those riders in a breakaway and then see who can control it. But as you said, I'm struggling to see the Anna Vannebregen type on the start list who will just keep a group ahead. So I, I really don't know how this race will play out. I think... I think Cavalli will could even counterattack after Boncel if she makes it. Or is this are these climbs too hard? And Vollering, who we saw on Sharav accelerating uh, yesterday, it'll be her going clear with Van Vleuten again. I don't know. I feel like uh, when I look at the scenario in this race, yes, Van Vleuten making it hard to get it with Vollering is definitely an option. They can make that stuff happen. But I'd rate Van Vleuten better than Volring when it comes to a harder parkour, personally. And the thing is, we've seen the strategy of SD works when it comes to getting away with Von Vleuten. They just sit on the wheel of Von Vleuten and hope that they can be there in the sprint. And they don't have a Kopecky here necessarily as D works, but Volring has a decent enough sprint. And when it comes to a 1v1 versus Von Vleuten, I think it's always a... Ah, I think 60% of the time Volring wins. We saw the opposite. At Omlop, for example. So it doesn't always go into the uh, advantage of Volring. And that's why I think they will always sit up in the wheel of, of Von Vleuten whenever they are gone with her. Because they know that when the others come back from the group behind, that on paper Volring should still be faster than who is behind, except for perhaps Cavalli, like you mentioned. But she might get new teammates, like a Mormon, to try and roll over attacks on Von Vleuten. But when it comes to FDG, we're looking at that team with... Let's say Uther Ludwig is not at the start, because I think that scenario is also likely, or at least that she's not up to standards yet after that entire situation of being ill. Then they've got Cavalli and Brown, and Brown, didn't she like podium this race two years ago? Yeah, second in LBL uh, yeah. 2020. I think that was a situation where a group went ahead that had an advantage on the actual peloton, and Dignan and Brown used that as a situation to get ahead from that point onwards and that's how brown got an advantage there i think that fdj has got such a, a, a deep team now with a chapman and a brown where they can play those cards earlier and keep cavalli for the last climb for example because honestly chapman has been great and in rvv she showed that in a harder range she can be sent forward and still play a role in the final when it comes to uh lbl as well for example so i think that's also a key to getting Cavalli a victory is having perhaps another rider into the final and sending them forward to get them in the final is uh, a bigger chance than trying to follow the attacks of Van Vleuten and so forth with a Brown and a Chapman because that's where I see, I see an issue for that. I think one of the strongest teams, which you might not think of for controlling proceedings, is actually DSM, Mackay. Uh, they've had, I don't know if Labou is starting as well as Kirchman, the Lippets, their leader. She has looked better this year at Amstel. I think she came third and uh, she looked okay at flesh. She blew up on the murder wheel. That was quite steep for her. She this is a flat finish, remember. She got a decent or quite a good sprint, maybe just behind Volering level. She just needs to be less aggressive. 
like before the murder, we she was chasing the move uh, of Castelline, I think, or whoever it was. Yep. No, Shackley maybe, or Nee Fisher Black, and that cost her. Uh, and the same goes for Yara Castelline on Plantapura. She still managed a good result at Flesh, but she was in the break. Then she was chasing moves from the G, from the favourites group, and then she still managed a good result. I think she needs to play it as if she's a top favourite and see if she can get a podium here. Um, if that's possible, or even a top five would be a fantastic result. But I think Lippert really, like she, I can't remember, she didn't do this race last year, and then in 2020 it was after COVID, so it was in a weird time slot. So this is the race that should really, really suit her, and, yeah, I think she should be just a little bit less aggressive and just try and follow Rocha Foucault and then um, see if she can get a top three in the sprint. But... I'm going to go with a very simple pick, Benji. I think Van Lurten drops everyone on Rochefoucauld, solos it away the victory, and SD Works are not strong enough to do anything about it. I think that's a, a very plausible scenario. And um, it's hard to see another scenario. Well, it's very possible that another scenario happens, but the other scenarios are so similarly possible that it's difficult to point at one and say, oh, this rider can take it, or this rider can take it. And that's why I've got a difficult time picking another rider for this race. But the amount of cold-bloodedness that Marta Cavalli had on Fletch means that she still had quite a bit left for that final kick to the line ahead of Van Vleuten there. And therefore, I, I'm i going to stay in the gap of Cavalli. And that's mainly because I also hope that we see a rider take out all three Ardennes in a row. Because I swear I, I saw a stat yesterday where... It is the first time since 2005 that any rider, men's and women's, takes both Amstel and Flesh. How long ago will it have been to take all three? And I, I root for that. I want to see that happen. So Marta Cavalli is my main pick and my outsider is... I want to see Shirin van Androoy as an outsider here because she's been really good when it comes to like top 15 places. I'd like to see her in the top 10. Something like that. Benji once again proving he's not a real Belgian or maybe he's just not recognizing the Walloon results. I think Gilbert swept the Ardennes in 2011. So, um, yeah. Did he win all three? I think he won. What did he win? Liège, Flesch, Amstel, Brabant. He did. <laughs> he did oh, four. snap. I forgot about <laughs> it. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a, it's a, I was thinking this is a crazy opportunity for Gavali to make uh, to put her name in the history books, like it's crazy to win Flesh and Amstel, let alone uh, Liege, would be insane. The other option, they're the, like I said, for Ineos in the men's, Trek don't have a top favorite, but Trek as a team are a top favorite. They were aggressive, as Benji mentioned, with Diagnan in the race when she won in 2020. They had Longo Borghini, aggressive in Trofeo Binder, a hilly race last year, and she's in good form as we saw the Paris Bay winner. Longo Borghini going solo with Van Dyke marking behind early is, is the way they win because her punch on Rochefoucauld, it ain't the same as Vollering and uh, Van Vleuten. She can follow maybe, but yeah, that's how I think they should try and play it. Uh, but yeah, Dark Horses, Castelline. I think I don't know who she is. Benji probably has a better handle. Is she a, a CX rider? Yeah, she's a, a cyclocross rider, and uh, yeah, 
it's she's a soccer writer for Planter Pura, but you're putting me on the spot when it comes to my soccer cross knowledge, and I watch like three soccer cross races <laughs> per year, so I don't know what to respond at this the point. So I'm going to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pretend that she uh, that I know her to the bone for when it comes to uh, how she is at these soccer cross races, and say that she's a relatively good rider there. <laughs> she looked good in flesh. Anyway, that's our women's liege preview. We've gone the pretty boring option. But most likely, AVV Soul on Rochefort-Con. Thanks, as always, to Zwift for supporting the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. And we'll see you with the recap of both the men and women's races on Sunday. Ciao. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.